0: This is the In Focus podcast from The Hindu. Hello and welcome to the Hindus In Focus podcast. I'm Anand Krishnan, your host for today. On Wednesday, July 28th, US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken was in New Delhi. He had a series of meetings with external affairs minister S Jaishankar NSA Ajit Doval prime minister Modi as well as representatives of civil society organizations in India the visit from blinken comes at a time of growing convergence between india and the us on many issues as well as a time of challenges on the west in afghanistan and on the east with china what exactly happened during blinken's visit and what are the main takeaways joining us in this episode is Swasani Haider, the Hindu's national editor and diplomatic affairs editor in New Delhi, who covered the visit. Thank you so much, Swasani, for joining the podcast.
1: Thank you, Anand.
0: Swasani, if I could begin with the event that perhaps got the most attention towards the end of the day, which was the press conference that Anthony Blinken had with Jay Shankar which I suppose was one of the few sort of public events that allows us to glean what was achieved during his visit. Uh, You were there covering it. Can you tell us what really struck you from this whole day of events uh, and what both the ministers were were saying at the press
1: conference? Well, you know, Anand, this was a short visit by the U.S. Secretary of State. He's the third member of the Biden administration to visit. Uh, India, after the, the defense secretary as well as uh, the special envoy on climate change, John Kerry, this visit by Mr. Blinken uh, had a had a specific goals in mind. While no deliverables were expected, it was meant to pave the way and and, and set up. For the meetings in the uh, rest of the year ahead, um, we're expecting a two plus two meeting in Washington, D.C., between the foreign and defense ministers of both sides. We're expecting Prime Minister Modi to visit Washington for a bilateral meeting with uh, President Biden, as well as possibly uh, the Quad summit is expected later this year. So, all the leaders of US, India, Japan, and Australia are getting together there. Uh, and this was really one of those uh, uh, visits that was meant to really just just prepare for uh, what's left on the bilateral agenda in the year ahead. From what we could tell from that press conference that you referred to, uh, several issues were at the top of the agenda while they discussed scheduling and, and other things. Uh, the first seemed to be a real, uh, very deep conversation on shared values of democratic freedoms, human rights, um, and uh, you know, both sides addressed that. In the press conference that followed, they also discussed regional challenges, specifically the future of Afghanistan and what one should do in the the face of the fact that the Taliban is making gains, is uh, attempting to take power through the violent uh, path rather than through negotiations. Um, And finally, they discussed how the two sides can cooperate on uh, covid Uh, which is also part of the Quad agenda, part of the Indo-Pacific agenda. Very significantly at that press conference, Mr. Blinken, when asked about the Quad uh, and criticism from China, said, let's remember, this is not a military alliance.
0: Three interesting issues you flagged there, Suhasini, with the shared values in Afghanistan and China. We'll come to all of those. I wanted to begin with the shared values part of it, which I found interesting as well. It seemed that uh, Blinken pointedly brought that up in some form or another in all of his engagements. Uh, You reported this morning uh, on the fact that he had a meeting with uh, representatives of civil society organizations. We've linked to that report below the podcast. What struck you about that meeting? And is it unusual that this was actually the first meeting that he had uh, in, in a whole day of important events? He decided to begin with that. Is there a signal that's being sent with that?
1: Well, certainly, um the timing of the meeting was possibly just because of the schedule. As I said, very short meeting. He arrived in Delhi late last night, late in the evening on uh, Tuesday and was gone by about 5, uh, 36 in the evening on Wednesday. Um, so uh, it was a short day and uh, he did start with this. What is interesting is uh, not only that he held that civil society's meeting, it hadn't been announced publicly prior to this, uh, and he met these representatives, uh, but it was also the symbolism of, of who he met. Uh, seven guests were invited to that meeting and they essentially were made up of um, faith leaders, of a constitutional lawyer, uh, and very interestingly, and this is perhaps the first to include in Indian civil society um, interaction for, uh, for the U.S. Secretary of State, a representative of the Dalai Lama. He was in fact the director of Tibet House in Delhi, uh, which is a cultural arm of the Dalai Lama and the, and, and the CTA. Uh, offices, uh, And he also, in addition to this, held a separate meeting with the Dalai Lama's representative in Delhi. Um, uh, so we, we did see these two meetings. Both of them were extremely significant. Obviously, a lot of messaging primarily towards India making the case that civil society is very important according to America uh, and uh, discussions and and clearly very in-depth discussions on democratic freedoms, on uh, the kind of reaction of the Indian government to dissent, uh, on uh, on, uh, press freedoms, media freedoms, minority rights, Citizenship Amendment Act, you know, very detailed discussions there, uh, along with all, as I said, faith leaders belonging uh, to um, uh, the Hindu uh, group, uh, the Ramakrishna Mission, uh, to an interfaith group, Dr. Quaja uh, Iftikar Emma, Then we saw representatives of, of the Baha'is, uh, representatives of uh, the Sikh community and a representative of the Christian community, essentially all NGO uh, 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 representatives who met with the U.S. Secretary of State. So a lot of messaging clearly was going out from that meeting. And as you pointed out, the fact that it was the first kind of set the narrative for uh, what we saw as uh, uh, discussions that followed, because even at the end of the day, the last meeting Mr. Blinken mm-hmm. held with Prime Minister Modi, we saw Mr. Modi then tweet that he uh, that you know he was uh, uh, he welcomed the U.S.'s co- uh, commitment really to shared democratic values between India and the U.S. Uh, this is clearly a large theme of the day, and that meeting in the morning. Uh, set the narrative. Uh, we saw uh, some reactions from China, uh, not a direct reaction because obviously China was not named, um, talking about whether the U.S. could decide what a democracy was. Um, uh, in uh, the MEA, the government have uh, not responded to the meeting per se, but uh, we did hear from Mr. Shankar making a very uh, strong and elaborate case about India's defense of democratic freedoms yeah mr Jay shankar said that he had told mr blinken uh, two or three things and and you know he was he was he was uh, quite clear about the fact that uh, you could not uh, you know mix up he said don't equate freedoms with uh, uh, non governance a very very telling statement there
0: i wanted to ask you about that response as suhasni it seemed that uh, blinken at the press conference uh, did not want to explicitly say how he raised those issues in the meetings, but it seemed that external affairs minister Jai Shankar's uh, response did indicate they did figure in the talks. And what did you make of, of those three points that he flagged? Uh, it seemed uh, perhaps to hint at what exactly was raised. Uh, what would you glean uh, from Jai Shankar's uh, response to Blinken?
1: You know, you're absolutely right, Anand, that in fact, Mr. Blinken did not speak about how much he raised democracy. He just went over how much he valued uh, 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 democratic freedoms and India's uh, democracy as well. Uh, But in response to a question that was actually made to Mr. Blinken, the question was from a U.S. journalist asking about whether the quote unquote backslide in Indian democratic values had been raised. Um, Mr. Shankar actually jumped in there and said i'd like to tell you what i told mr blinken and he said uh, that he had essentially spoken about uh, three uh, uh, three uh, separate issues the first uh, he said was that uh, the you know democracy was a work in progress and that required to be improved both in the us and in india so he said you know there are no exceptions to this in a sense he also said specifically that the modi government's policies of the last few years were in fact part of a moral obligation to right wrongs that have been done historically. Why this is important is because in the past as well, we have heard Mr. Jay Shankar. Specifically, defend uh, the government's moves on Article 370 in Jammu and Kashmir, as well as the Citizenship Amendment Act, uh, as a sort of burden of history of what he called accumulated problems of history that the Modi government has had to work on in order uh, to to uh, to move ahead and for the development of India. It's a it's 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 a very uh, nuanced sort of defense, but we've heard this in the past. He also defended internet restrictions in the past, saying that uh, these are required. They cannot be, um, they uh, you know, internet restrictions cannot be stopped if they are meant for maintaining law and order. And we heard him make that point as well, where he said that he told Mr. Blinken that while freedoms are important and are valued, they should not be equated with what he called the lack of governance. Uh, so very interesting uh, response there, as you said. The response itself told you how much these issues had actually figured in the talks between the two sides. Mm.
0: And finally, Swastani, uh, on this issue of of values and how it figures in the Biden administration's priorities vis-a-vis India, what's your sense of, just for our listeners to get an idea, is it something that they take really seriously? Is it something that they just feel they have to raise uh, even while convergence with India deepens in other uh, areas, especially security. So how do you sort of uh, break down where it actually figures? Is it tied to how other aspects of the India-U.S. relationship go forward? Or is it something like, say, how the U.S. deals with some of its other partners or allies like Saudi Arabia, where it's hap- where it's kind of happy to look the other way?
1: Well, to be honest, um, uh, Anant, you know, when a Democrat administration comes to power in the U.S., you do expect more talk about freedom, human rights, uh, democratic values uh, to come from, uh, you know, from their official narrative. Mr. Biden in particular has said that he wants to hold a democracy summit because he's particularly concerned about the decline of democracy uh, across the world. Uh, So it it is correct to say that this is an important part of the uh, Biden administration's agenda. Uh, I think the 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 real question is, as and as you pointed out, is this a part of the agenda for all countries? After all, uh, one of the uh, one of the points that Mr. Um, Blinken was apparently making was really on the subject of the Taliban coming to power in Afghanistan or being part of a power sharing arrangement. And Mr. Jay Shankar countered that by saying that when you look at their uh, commitment to human rights and to the uh, freedoms of women. Uh, and minorities in the country uh, that this they should not be allowed to achieve legitimacy if they did so. So there's a lot of uh, double standard, if you like, in this kind of uh, broad brush when it comes to uh, the United States calling for a country like india to adhere to democratic norms but i do want to make the point and uh, you know and this is really by way of just looking over the kind of american responses we've heard over time i do want to make the point that these are not responses we have heard in the last few years voiced quite as loudly uh, in other words if we are hearing from the biden administration about specific issues uh, about uh, you know there have been official statements made uh, at a at a regular pace in the last few months. We've heard about not only uh, freedoms being curtailed in Jammu Kashmir, the Biden administration has spoken uh, about the Citizenship Amendment Act, about uh, anti-conversion laws and the violence uh, that is associated with it. Uh, they have spoken about the treatment of NGOs, the cancellation of licenses to NGOs. They have spoken about uh, the imprisonment of activists. They uh, issued a statement, the State Department did, on uh, the death of uh, Stan Swamy. So We are seeing a much uh, more, uh, a greater profusion, if you like, of comments made like this. And it is because of that, that I think you are hearing the response of the Modi government, uh, making it clear that they understand that this has become a much bigger concern for the U.S. than perhaps it was during the Trump administration, and they are trying to address it. So, Asini,
0: Afghanistan, you've been closely following what's unfolding. You were recently in Tashkent. Today, Wednesday, July 28th, you had China host a Taliban delegation, which is a significant development. How are India and the U.S. looking at recent developments? Has the Blinken visit shed any light on where they stand uh, and where their differences are, or where their convergences are?
1: You know, it's interesting, Mr. Jaishankar actually used that phrase and said, I think there are more convergences than the differences, okay. but I think what he was indicating was that there are differences. And let's be clear, even though both sides agree that there is no military solution to the conflict in Afghanistan, the fact is that while the US is advocating open talks with the Taliban, talks for the Taliban to enter a power sharing arrangement in Kabul, India has consistently held that it will support the Ghani government. Uh, it will support a democratic government. Uh, what we heard today was uh, some of those similarities, but also some of the differences. Uh, I know from the uh, from the indian side uh, the government is uh, quite a reassured that mr blinken went to the extent of saying that the taliban will not gain international recognition that it desires uh, which includes lifting of sanctions travel bans against the taliban leadership and of course a recognition if it were uh, to come to power by force um uh, and the and the us side is pleased that the indian side made it clear, Mr. Jai Shankar made it clear, that he believes that the only path ahead for Afghanistan is through talks, intra-Afghan talks that include, of course, the Taliban. Uh, so both sides moved a little bit, at least in their official posturing, but the truth remains that India con- continues to be extremely concerned about the advances the Taliban is making, about the kind of safe havens for terrorists that could follow any kind of uh, takeover of, uh, of territory in Afghanistan by the the Taliban and, of course, the uh, the the role of Pakistan in all of this. Mr. Jai Shankar did not say Pakistan, but in in response to a question when asked about Pakistan's role, he said that one neighbor of Afghanistan was the quote unquote exception to the consensus that a peaceful political settlement was what was required. So India's concerns about the growing situation in in Afghanistan, in the aftermath of the pullout of US and NATO forces, uh, I think those really do remain. Uh, While the US is, really hopeful of a political settlement before its troops come out, it's becoming extremely likely uh, uh, clear that that is not as likely as the US might have hoped. Um, uh, and I think on, on this particular issue, the two sides more or less agreed to disagree.
0: A final question, Swasni, on uh, the China factor. Uh, it is interesting that the day before Lincoln's visit to Delhi, you had Deputy Secretary of State uh, Wendy Sherman in China uh, by most accounts, it was quite a testy meeting that she had with Wang Yi and other Chinese officials. Uh, one of the takeaways, what the Chinese side put out, was their anger with this idea of a rules-based order, something that both India and the U.S. have been championing as part of the Quad. Uh, the Chinese called it the law of the jungle. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, they reacted to uh, Anthony Lincoln's comments in India on the shared values, uh, the foreign ministry saying, quote, that democracy is a common value shared by all, not a patent owned by any country. Debasing others while elevating oneself is not democratic at all. So that's how China reacted to Blinken's comments on uh, the shared democratic values between the two. Uh, looking ahead to the Quad summit coming up and the current state of India-China relations, the apparent stalemate in US-China relations, what's your sense of how things are progressing in terms of the three-way dynamic?
1: I think there was great great care taken by both mr blinken and um, uh, dr jai shankar during their press statements and also the messaging we have seen go out from both sides uh, in fact there's been quite a lot of commentary about the fact that uh, the c word or china was not mentioned in in in, in any of their uh, in any of their official narratives they also took great care to say that the quad is not a military alliance dr jai shankar said that countries need to get over the idea that grouping is against them. And he said the Quad for us is like BRICS, which is, of course, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Um, Obviously, Mr. Blinken's meeting with the Dalai Lama's representative puts a bit of a uh, a different uh, gloss on the visit. And it was clearly messaging aimed at China. And we're uh, waiting to hear whether China is going to respond to that. Um, but I think both sides do understand that this is not an issue. They want to make a trilateral issue. Uh, in other words, they don't want, uh, you know, a U.S.-India bilateral meeting to become about uh, China in, in a visible space. Obviously, there are concerns on both sides, and, uh, and that has led to the formation and strengthening of the Quad. Uh, but we didn't hear it in the public messaging they gave.
0: Swastani, I know it's been a long day for you covering the visit. Uh, we will link to your reports below the podcast. Thank you so much for still making the time to join the Hindus in Focus podcast. I'm sure we'll come back frequently to speak about India-US relations, Afghanistan-China with you. Thank you once again, Swastani, for joining the podcast.
1: Thank you, Anand.
0: In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.